Mr. Inappropriate? Garbage? Why are we playing it then? No, no, they're garbage. Then why the f*** are we playing them? The band are garbage. <laughs> exactly my f***ing point. Just say he's garbage. I work hard to make this show happen. We do not need any garbage. Forget it, Mr. Inappropriate. I'll do it. Here's garbage. We don't need it! Here on the Rubble Room We had to get up early To take the garbage out And talk to Shirley Hi, Garbage. How are you? Hi, we're good. Hello, hello. Lovely to see you back in Australia for the release of the latest album, which has been the most successful album for the band for the last 15 years. Yes, I feel very invigorated. You're looking good. From head to toe. I'm invigorating right now. How's Butch? Is he all right? Yeah, he's doing good. He can't fly right now, so that kind of stinks. We wish he was here, but he's getting better. He's on the mend. He's invigorated too, just on the other side of the Atlantic. Okay, let's talk about the album. People have said it's very electronic and cinematic as well. Um, I didn't think they mentioned much about the rock feel, which I thought was overlooked, because I thought initially, of course, Empty had a really good rock feel about it. Maybe it's not as electronic as people are making it up to be, but I think we are incorporating a lot more electronics on this record. We wanted to go in that direction more, and I think we did on this record. The songs are very personal as well. I mean, essentially, I found that there's a lot of inauthenticity due to social media and the pressures that people feel to appear a certain way or try and protect themselves from criticism. So I felt that it was important to be as honest and truthful as possible and to not front and not say, hey, I'm this perfect person. And instead say, I am so many things and I am a mess and I'm also together and I can be a conflicting, complex bag of thoughts and strengths and weaknesses just like anybody else. And I think the more as human beings we get used to what what we're not great at and things that we fail at and all our flaws, the better, instead of this insane pressure on everyone to be perfect, which I think is actually really sick. Does it come as a surprise to people to find that you at times feel powerless? Yeah, it does come. You know, people tend to see people in the public eye as these all-seeing, all-powerful beings. And, and I think there are some celebrities that like us to believe that that is how they are. They want to be like the monarchy. They want to be powerful and feel more special than everybody else. And for me and the band, all the boys too, we want to be people first and foremost and be of the people. I don't want to be seen as somebody different. I'm not trying to sell the idea that I'm special. I'm saying I am just like you. This is who we are and can we connect because I feel like really lonely and it's not most of the time. <laughs> You've been reading my diaries. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I imagine you get a lot of Facebook comments and also uh, young people coming up to you, young women especially as well, saying, you know, thank you for empowering me. You know, for the last 21 years, we've been making music as a band and we have touched on subject matters that a lot of other artists don't seem to be interested in touching on. And as a result, we have had an incredible feedback and loyalty from the fans that at times have really shocked us at how much we've made a difference in some people's lives. And it's the privilege of our career, privilege of our lives to play a role in somebody else's life and make them feel better and and help. You know, we've had a lot of transgender kids, a lot of gay kids, a lot of young girls who feel like they don't fit in or aren't as beautiful as they think they should be and... And all these weird disenfranchised kids have followed us for years and have grown up. We've watched them grow up into like these incredible adults with great jobs and 
lovely lives and it's it's been fantastic and and again we've got a new generation of young people that seem to connect with us for what reasons I'm not entirely sure but it, it is a great compliment well it must be it must be vindicating if you've got people that are actually hearing the lyrics and it's speaking directly to them as well and you know the music is making a difference to them as well yeah I mean I think we all feel kind of amazed by it I mean we talk about this every night during our shows we cannot bloody believe it we can't believe that we're still here 21 years on in a time where there is a deluge of our and creativity and so yeah we just take every day as an added bonus because we know that we're on a conveyor belt and we're just heading towards the ocean and we're about to plummet into it and so we'll take every year we can get so you recently had your 21st anniversary as well musically though how much has music in your opinion changed in the last two decades it's insane how different it is now, and yeah, the changes we've seen are just mind-boggling. I think one of the biggest things is people don't really listen to albums as much. You know, it's like one song, two songs, and they're on to the next thing. We were lucky to come out when people actually did sit down and listen to a vinyl album or a CD album. I think that gives you a greater connection to a piece of work when you do immerse yourself in it like that. Does that affect the recording process as well or your approach to the album? We work really hard on every song and we don't even think in terms of singles until the record's done, really. We just try to make a body of work that stands on its own, a collection of songs that work well with one another. And I think on Strange Little Birds, I think we succeeded uh, more than we have in the past. How do you feel the band has evolved musically? And I didn't just fart, by the way, that was my chair. <laughs> You're scaring You're scaring me. <laughs> On this record especially, we just kind of uh, expanded our turf a bit as far as what we're willing to try in the studio. It's hard for people to understand really how we work, but everybody in the band writes, everybody has ideas musically and lyrically. I'm very lucky that I work with very generous musicians who have allowed me primarily to take control of the words because they're coming through my mouth and I am the one ultimately who is answerable to them. So they very generously allow me to take the ownership of that. And so I get pickpocket their ideas and then mix them with my own. We've talked about Chrissy Hine before and how you met her at uh, Top of the Pops. Anybody else, maybe Deborah Harry, that's had an impact on you? Yeah, Debbie's had a huge impact on me. I met her, again, a great privilege of meeting her early on in my career. Before Garbage, I was in a band called Angelfish and we were signed by Gary Kerfurst, who was their manager. And I was introduced to Debbie and Debbie came and saw me play in Angelfish. She was like in the mosh pit at the academy supporting the Ramones. I've had the privilege of hanging out with her. She's invited me to sing with her on stage and she's taught me a lot about being an older woman in music and having the generosity of spirit not to feel threatened by young women on the way up. A lot of artists are really threatened by young women. They don't want to share the stage with them. They don't want to give them a step up. They don't want to lend them a hand. Debbie taught me just by you know her own behavior towards me that we are in a privileged position to pass a torch down to those coming up behind us. And we owe it to them to make things easier for them. That's our job and that's something that's really stayed with me and it's important to me. There are a host of young women who I know have credited garbage as influencing them in their own careers, which is beautiful to watch. Again, you know, Lady Gaga, Katy Perry, they've all gone on to have bigger careers than we ever had. 
and to have played a role in that sort of success is gorgeous. But you know, I look at other artists, like I'm really impressed by Grimes, she really impresses me. Izzy from the Preachers who we're playing with at the moment, oh, yeah. it's just yeah. been a delight, you know, yes. you meet a young talent like that and a lot of the time they can feel a little intimidated, you know, because you've had all the success and whatnot, but she's been really gracious and a delight to be around and so there's so many women being good girls out there and it's lovely to see. Let's wrap it up with a chat about the first album you ever bought, Shelley. First album, I think, was uh, Ziggy Stardust. But, you know, I didn't have any money, so I was quite old by the time I bought my first ever album. We were on air as the news broke about Bowie. We couldn't believe that he was ill, that the world just doesn't lose people like David Bowie, you know. Yeah, I was travelling back, actually, from Cuba. And we'd made a stop off in, in Mexico to catch our connecting flight. And my husband said, you better sit down. I've got something terrible to tell you. It's David Bowie passed this morning and... Yeah, I, I mean, I don't often feel much connection with celebrities per se, but he deeply affected me musically and stylistically, and we had the honour of meeting him. And yeah, you're right, the idea of him dying for some reason just seemed impossible. Strange, you know, when we lose these greats, you know, like we lost Leonard Cohen, funnily enough, I felt like the day that we lost Leonard Cohen, which was just a few weeks ago now, it felt like the complete closing of a certain kind of chapter and a certain way of thinking and we're now in a new globalised world and we're all going to have to really recalibrate. Hey Garbage, thank you so much for being in the rubber room tonight here at Triple M.